I'm Marisol. And I'm Adam. And you are listening to the, the Reading, Reading Aloud, Aloud podcast. podcast. A podcast where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication is explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. In season two, we bring you along on our tour to keep the conversation going. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> In case anyone was wondering, Trouser is doing great. So great. Great. We've got multiple questions about Trouser. She is definitely the more popular one on this show. She's doing great. She does not do great every day, but today she's doing great. Pretty girl. She's sitting right here in between us and she's like, y'all, where is my microphone? So what's up? Guess what today is. What's today? Guess. It's the weekly anniversary of our fertility journey we're 31 weeks today baby comet what is all over your shirt probably hot sauce like a frick ton of hot sauce i i like so (laughs) i'm so mad so so there's you know there's a couple of drops of hot sauce no that's a lot. Of you would call that a lot. If you, if that was, a, okay, so this is funny. So I'm reading in this book and it was talking about how. What book are you reading? It's called uh, The Way of the Superior Man, right? Okay. And it's like about men's work and stuff like that. And they were talking about how men will get upset that women, like, will think that you lie. Like, this is a perfect example. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hold back my laugh. This is a perfect example because it's okay. You can laugh. It's funny because there's, let's see, one, two, three, three drops. Oh, yes. one, two, three at the top. Look, no, 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 no. Look, Where? look, 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 look. At the very top, the very top, go up right there, down, right there. There's right there. three right there. No, that's, that's, that's one, two, one, and two. then third is on the white part. Okay over you just wipe okay yeah three but these are very small i mean they're like less than a centimeter it's not like a glob like if this was on a plate of food you'd be like uh, a little bit more hot sauce like this is not even but it's not on a plate of food it's on your shirt and you right 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 but i understand i i hear you but let me let me get my let me get my thing out so so (laughs) (laughs) so but what they're talking about is like men will often feel like women are lying and it's not lying or like exaggerating but it was talking about how like women speak from emotional like that's your emotional truth like you see that and you're shocked and so you're like that's a what did you say a fudge ton of hot sauce or something i've never used fudge ton but yes yeah you were like that's a ton of hot sauce and i think in the grand scheme of things it's not actually a lot of hot sauce it's really interesting how like i was just reading about that and about the book was encouraging like basically just roll with it like it doesn't have to be necessarily like real world how factually well, accurate how, accurate how well do you feel like you just rolled with it i felt like i did pretty well at the beginning but then i couldn't express my thought because that's the first time i've tried to like explain that and so then i got frustrated with the process but when you first did like that chapter of the book really came up for me and i thought it was really funny and i thought i did a good job at the beginning and then as i fumbled around with trying to express it and i couldn't get it out quick enough and the conversation continued to kind of like go and be a debate on how much was a lot of hot sauce then i i struggled because my like one track 
train of wanting to get the initial thought out couldn't derail off of that and I and I struggled moving forward I was also on one track which is that that's a frick ton of hot sauce (laughs) that so also it's just a frick ton no I I said a freaking ton of hot sauce the 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 other thing though is like you have no like I've never just gotten something on my shirt and not known ever the other day I was going to the bathroom and I had mustard on my arm and I, I mean, I could smell it. It was, I mean, I had, it had just gotten on my arm and I had, could smell it. And I was you like, knew it was on your arm before it was even on your <laughs> arm. Right. And it was, it, it was a matter of seconds before I was like, what's wrong? You know, something's off here. And I found the mustard and I was horrified that yeah. it had been on my arm mm-hmm. for, you know, I think. 30 seconds or less because mm-hmm. I, it could have gotten anywhere in that period of time. Mm-hmm. So do you, he- I hear that. Do you think though, that there's any truth to what I was trying to explain? Yeah. You were saying, basically you were saying, you know, the emotional kind of reaction to that puts it into this grand place and you're like, it's not actually a lot. I, I don't know. The shirt could be ruined. No, see, like if 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 all those people out there in radio land, you know, if 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 I'm hearing this, if I'm imagine yourself and you're hearing this on a podcast, what size stain would you imagine? They've like that middle, how many? How first many, of all, there are three sections. The middle section is huge. Right. Okay. Do you want me to get out a tape measure and measure the widest part because that's but about Adam, a it was everywhere inch. on your shirt. <laughs> it was everywhere, and you didn't know. So, but this is what I'm you talking about. You can't smell it. You can't feel this, it. You can't see it. You, nothing. You didn't know it happened when it happened. It's such a beautiful example because <laughs> the, the the frame of everywhere on my shirt is is not factually accurate it's how you feel and that it's makes it true everywhere it's, it's, like, it's the i most, would love to hear from guys if they identify it's the with this. most amount of hot sauce i've ever seen on anyone's shirt ever i mean ever i mean that that kenny chesney song or is it kenny chesney barbecue stain on my way i mean the video for that song was like a Five times larger of a stain than this right here. Really? Yes. Well, that's a video. That's right real because life. right, and it wasn't even. I mean, it was just like a drip down. Like <sighs> anyway, I think it's just such a great example. I believe you. It it's it's everywhere, all over my shirt. I'm practically bathing in it. Correct. <laughs> okay. Glad we. I I'd love for people to see a picture of this and see if well, they would. Well, if we if this if they was would all, describe if this it is like all that. we did for our lives, we'd have a YouTube video about it, and we'd have photos of it on our reading aloud Instagram. Can this be all we do for our lives? Can we just have five seconds to talk about? Can this be all we do for our lives? Like our lives in general? No, meaning for our career. Got it. it just just have a YouTube. Just talk about no, like, just a reading aloud at all. Got it. Um, sure. Yeah, let's go for it. Good. Oh, really? You're going to quit your job today? No, I'm not going to quit my job today. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> there goes that dream. <laughs> down, the, down the tube. Um, I will say it is 
still a dream of mine. And we're going to talk about this maybe next week or the week after, but we're going to, um, we, we have family meetings weekly and we're going to record one for you all. And we're going to talk about reading aloud and the future of reading aloud. Um, so I don't want to get into that today at all. So, um, what do you got? Well, what did you say? Oh, it was, it is the anniversary of our fertility. It, it, we are 31, 31 weeks. weeks. 31 And I am officially raging with hormones. (laughs) That was my, that was my imitation of hormone rage. Who's, who's emotional now? (laughs) Is that really what I sound like? No, that's not what you sound like. Okay. So, but I am, I can, I, you know, like I, I do have lots of emotions I did that I haven't had yet. I had lots of emotions in the first trimester, especially because I was sick and that just makes you whiny, but made me whiny. But, you know, I have like real tendency to just like kind of burst out crying, but it doesn't feel like in the first trimester, it felt silly. Like I'd cry over mustard, but now it's like everything means so much. It's so intense. I don't love it. Actually, it feels, mm. it feels kind of like when I was in my early 20s and everything just kind of got to me in Mm -hmm. a way you know Mm -hmm. and there was not much control over my feelings um I feel like I'm kind of back there I don't Mm -hmm. love it Mm -hmm. so when we say 31 weeks I am like could burst out crying but I won't um but it is so exciting because it's seven weeks past the date that the doctors said that we were could have a baby at any point right Seven weeks. Seven weeks later. Like one of those things where, you know, this could happen anytime. This is really serious. And then it just every day, just every day. And and we were talking about this last night, actually, um, because we were in a birthing class and, you know, somebody said in the group on the birthing class, oh, we're 37 weeks today. And you and I, this is on Zoom. And and you and I both were like, you know, raise up our hands and like clap and, you know, and no one else did. And that's that's not a, a knock on anyone else. But it was it was clear that we were so excited for them to reach 37 weeks. And we realized as we were kind of reflecting and on it last night that this experience of being at uh, a very high risk for early term birth has made us appreciate so deeply Every single day, every single week, certainly every single month that we continue to be pregnant and that baby continues to stay in your belly and getting to full term felt like not possible five, six weeks ago. And then now it feels like it's potentially possible. And we're just so grateful for every day. And then I kind of began to magnify that out a little bit and realize because this is an IVF baby, we have literally been following this baby's journey. And this is just our unique story. You know, we've been following this baby's journey since it was like watching it be fertilized, two cells, and and almost on a daily just anticipating and watching and thinking and and following and i'm sure everybody does this to a certain degree i'm not trying to compare us to other couples i'm just saying for us you know it got to this point and then we found out at 24 weeks that hey you could have a seriously preemie preterm labor and that's really intense and you should go back and listen to our podcast our previous fertility journey podcast to find out more about that. But since that time, it's like every night while we're brushing our teeth, we look at each other and we're like, we made it another day. We feel super grateful. And that is so, so special. Stop. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if people out there aren't crying, then you have no heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Again, here's an example (laughs) of of an emotional truth. An emotional truth, not a factual truth. Oh, I know, I know. So was I right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. So it's just been really special. It has been super special. Yeah, it has. You know, and I and you know, it's like it I really don't mean to be Pollyanna about everything and seem like we're just like always okay cuz we're clearly not. We're definitely a mess just like anybody else. Um but I do honestly feel like it's a blessing in the sense that it is it has really gotten me way more present for the the day to day. You know, I wouldn't say it gets me necessarily moment to moment present at for now. Um, it did at first, but you know, day to day, you know, we acknowledge yeah. the start and finish of every day. You know, we count each day. We're really present to it. I'm not making big plans, you know, for tomorrow. I, I right. I'm aware that like. Right. You know, I don't expect to know what's going to happen. And I I just can't be, I just can't like glaze over the fact that that kind of presence and mindfulness is not something I've had in my life before. And it is so valuable. It has been so, so valuable. So one of the things that that brings up, you know, during our morning readings for the past several years now, we've been kind of slowly making our way through these series of, of Thich Nhat Hanh books and daily readings i'll call them the how-to series he has like how to love how to fight um how to sit we're currently reading how to walk and you know this mindfulness practice one of the key things that i've really taken away from it is the the potential i'll say that it has to be integrated just into your daily life that it isn't necessarily something that you have to take time away from your day to practice or to integrate into. It is something that you integrate into things that you're already doing. And I feel like this journey that we've had about being very in tune and intentional with our pregnancy on a day-to-day level, like we've had this blessing, like it's been a you know, a a difficulty in many ways. It's been so difficult because we've had all of this stress. And at the same time, I feel like this whole new understanding of the blessing aspect of it has showed up through this mindfulness practice that like every day we're grateful for still being pregnant and just relating it to all these Thich Nhat Hanh readings that we've been doing. And, you know, I mean, I think it's also easy for us to say that in the sense that we are still pregnant. You know, we're not. Right. We're not, That's a great point. You know, uh, you know, I think that has something to do with it. Although at 24 weeks, I just couldn't wrap my brain around a baby. But by 25 weeks, I was starting to experience that feeling of acceptance, like, OK, if we do this. And of course that came from the support that we've been receiving over from just all of you, honestly, the people who listen to this podcast. Um, you know, so many people have reached out to us, people we don't know, just lots and lots of love, lots of prayers, lots of good thoughts. Um, people we do and don't know bringing us food here locally, you know, gift certificates for food, all sorts of things, just so much generosity. And, and then people reaching out and sharing their stories of having early term babies. I would say, 
one thing that I've been really grateful for in the past maybe two weeks or so, you know, I had one girlfriend who had her baby at 27 weeks and she said, you know, I, I never got to experience what my friends were talking about when they talked about the third trimester. And I thought, you know, at that time I thought to myself, am I going to miss the third trimester? And I thought, well, I won't miss what I don't know. Um, being in the third trimester, I will say it is a uniquely different experience. And one of the cool things about it has been just this, the sheer size of the baby and, and feeling it in my body. I mean, it's, it, it touches me on all places on the inside, whereas before it might like kind of poke here and there but like it's it moves at i mean it's incredible well uh, uh, to maybe have an interpretation of what you're saying it feels like it's beginning to feel like really a separate being you know like oh there actually there is really a separate being not that you didn't feel that like you felt the physical impacts of that but now it feels like oh there's this something that you're developing more of a relationship with in an actual separate being inside of your belly. And I, and I'll say, you know, that's interesting cuz I felt on a soul level, like kind of on a spirit soul level from the get-go, like I never felt like we were one. I was like I always felt the soul of this baby as very separate from me and I was actually glad to have that feeling cuz I don't know, I think part of me worried that like I would be really possessive of the baby, be like this is my baby, this is my we're the same thing. I don't know. I guess I guess I just wondered if I would feel some kind of way that like, I don't know, I, I want to exalt this child as having chosen us and being their own separate entity. I just I, I mean, they will always be our kid and I don't want to pretend that we're the same thing. So I, from a soul level, but you're right, like physically, like I ha- I have a very big baby inside of me and it's very different. And it's just like, it's it's preparing to come out at some point in the next you know ten weeks. Whew, ten weeks, you make it to forty one. I don't think we'll make it to forty one. <laughs> Speaking of which, I wanted to just share. You know, I think after we started to get to twenty eight weeks, and there was a change in you know the big thing has been like cervical length, right? So short cervix is the purpose or the reason. Short cervix is the um, reasoning they've given for why we're at such a high risk for preterm labor. And at tw- between 26 and 28 weeks, there was a, a significant, not significant, but there was a, a change, a big change to the length of my cervix. And then between 28 and 30, there wasn't, which was interesting because I got so much bigger during that time. And so mm-hmm. I thought the pressure might have changed the size and surely they expected that as well. And then it didn't. And I was like, wow, we have no idea what's going to happen. Like we have no, like the, you cannot plan for this. And so, you know, at that point we're at 30 weeks and you and I start thinking about like, w- well, maybe we'll make it to full term. And so we ask our midwife at the most recent appointment, we ask her and we say, you know, you asked her actually, you were like, so at what point are we, is our cervical length considered normal? Because, and right, because, because the farther you go along in the number of weeks, the doctors expect the cervix to shorten or actually thin as you get farther along. And so with ours starting out then, I was like, well, by, you know, by the next couple of weeks, are we just in now in the normal range? And she was like, no. Yeah, she, she was like, like you no. have the cervix of a, a mo- most people do not have the length of your cervix until they're 37 weeks. Until they're full term. And I yeah. was floored. Yeah. That was actually the first time I had, I went back to a place of maybe not 
thing. You know, mm, you mm-hmm. know, I was like, whoa, we are hanging on by a thread here, folks. Hanging. We're just holding strong. But but then there was no change. So it's like, you know, I mean, it could be anything. We don't know. And she's like, she's like, but let me remind you, people have been walking around four centimeters dilated and still at the end of the day have to be induced because they just aren't progressing any more than that. So it's interesting. I mean, again, I. I am appreciative of the reminder that every day is a blessing because not that I had gotten laissez-faire about that or to relax, but like, I don't know. I just started to be like, I I want, I'm a realist and you know that. And I I wanted, I want my expectations to be kind of both of the, that there are miracles and that there's reality. Yeah. Can I add another aspect to this conversation? So in addition to every day being a blessing, every day is also a list of chores to do (laughs) around this. And uh, I I just am curious to hear your thoughts on preparation for a baby and how you feel like this balance between uh, uh, mentally being prepared and then also all of the things, the kind of checklist of to-dos that we're experiencing right now. Like, how are you handling that? Is it more than you expected? Is it about what you expected? Like, in terms of preparation, what has surprised you and what have you felt like you've handled well? When we, at 24 weeks, we got freaked. So we did a lot in a short period of time that caused a lot of stress in my body. So I would never want to operate at that kind of lightning speed again, but it did remind me how much you can get done. And then, you know, what we couldn't get done, we thought, okay, well, we're winging it, you know? That said, we have this to-do list. And honestly, because we've been, you know, kind of the expectation is that we're not going into labor today, we drag our feet. We don't prioritize it. And in that way, you know, they weigh heavy and stressful in a different way. I think there's way more to do than I expected. I I don't particularly feel the need to subscribe to, need all the things, have to prepare for everything. There's times when I'm reminded, including in our birthing class last night of like, we know how to navigate decision making. So although we want to create a birth preferences plan, just to have it written for the nurses and the doctors to just at least know what our preferences are. I also know that, you know, even in the midst of me giving birth, I trust that you and I will be able to make decisions. I really trust that you can make decisions on my behalf. And if I, if for some reason I couldn't, and I very much trust just generally speaking, how we handle, um, life. And that if, if there's something that we don't get to cover and we're, we, you know, that if there's like a a element of regret, we will grieve that and move forward with, with grace. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm surprised at how much we still need off our registry. Like it feels like need, need, um, and at how much there is still to do on our to-do list, big, big decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because I, I struggle with this aspect sometimes because, you know, there is one part of me that wants to be the most prepared and wants to have all the things and kind of wants to list out every little thing that needs to be done, you know, before baby comes, like we need this and we need to decide this and we need to get this person. We need to have this and whatever, all the different things. Parents know. 
And clearly, in my opinion, the more that we as a society learn, the more experiences are shared, the more variables that are introduced because of the more stories that are being shared, the more things you feel like you need to prepare for, right? And if there's been one takeaway from all of the conversations that we've had with uh, a doula and midwife and other parents is that literally the process of preparing for a child is just laying out dozens of different scenarios, hundreds of different scenarios, and yet not knowing if any of them will transpire for you and that your experience will be so unique. So it's this like kind of having to prepare. And and with that, you can literally create, and we all know this in our work when we're trying to manage a project or we're trying to, you know, launch something new or whatever, you know, type of work that you're doing, is that you could literally create an unending list of things to do. And so on one aspect, there's a part of me that wants to do that, that wants to be prepared, that wants to have my ducks in a row, that wants to feel this like grounded, foundational, going into birth, just like feeling grounded in my basics and, you know, I've got everything covered. We know what we're going to do. We've got a nice car seat in the car. We've got to, you know, all these things. At the same time, there's a part of me that is, you know, not wanting to just go at 100% willy-nilly, but not wanting to micromanage the situation. So, And, um, yeah, go ahead. I got a message today that said that this woman was like, I've been thinking about you. I just wanted you to know that, um, you know, our kiddo ended up in the NICU for a couple of days. And there was a lot I wish I knew about the NICU before that happened. Right. And, you know, having the expectation that there's a strong possibility that Comet will need the NICU, we've asked those questions. So it's, we've oriented to the possibility. Now I find myself asking lots of questions in my head and thinking, you know, is this valuable to know the answer to? Because or am I just trying to gather all the information so that I'm not caught off guard in any way? But the truth is, is that life is applicable to life. And once you know a few things, you can apply them in other areas. Like you were talking about with the how to walk, we're applying how to literally walk. He's talking about walking to the rest of our live lives. And so, you know, I mean, I think that there's it's good for orientation to kind of understand the parameters of some things and then you release the outcome. And if you don't get to everything, you apply what you know in life to those things that were unknown that occurred. Yeah. I think there's a couple things, you know, it was like we knew we needed to look into baby care, you know, if we were going to like, however that was going to work out, but that was like a, a week 13 or week 15 to do. And we're not doing it until week 32. We're, you know, and I think that that doesn't bother me because I just kept having this feeling of like, we'll know what we need to know when we need to know it. And that's true for a lot of things. There's one thing on our to-do list that I really want to make a decision about. And it's, um, it, it, you know, it's like deciding between a free, ver- the cord blood registry. So the free version versus the paid version and, you know, pros and cons. It's a bunch of research and that's just not my area of interest or expertise. And, and then, you know, making that decision. But also I feel like, you know, sometimes we just, you and I are good at waiting until the information comes to us. I don't think we've experienced many times in our lives, like, 
waiting and then going, crap, I wish we had done, maybe occasionally, wish we had done something about that. I guess I would sum it up the way that I'm thinking about all of these two dudes in preparation for a baby as like, it's just, it's just, what's your comfort level with managing the unknown? I think that there's balance, you know, there is no right answer. The right answer is depending on the couple and how they handle things best. And, but I think generally it's balanced. Like, you know, you, you definitely don't want to save a bunch of things to the end and you're trying to scramble and say, find childcare or find this, or, you know, get all the, get a, get a crib or, you know, get the things that you're going to need for a newborn baby in the house. Um, because that's making life more stressful in the moment. But at the same time, you don't want to literally consume yourself with this like preparation mindset to where you're not actually enjoying and experiencing pregnancy. And we talked about this a, a lot. The other kind of example of this in at least our modern culture is wedding. As soon as you get engaged, the first thing people start to talk about is, oh, what's your, you know, what's your wedding going to be like? What this? And the people forget that the engagement period can be a very special sacred time to focus on the relationship during the engagement and i just want to remind us and i'm not th- saying we're doing a bad job of this but i just want to remind us both you and i that we as much as we want to focus on preparation and i agree with you there are some important things that we need to take care of as much as we do that i also want to equally focus on what we've been talking about of being grateful and reading to our baby and, you know, spending time with our baby and playing music for it and enjoying this time of being quarantined, honestly, and pregnant as a couple. And so balancing that out of enjoying this moment and just being here, not trying to think about how we can prepare for the birth. And so balancing that with, yes, being prepared and having things so that when the baby comes, we aren't frantic. And that balance is going to be different for everybody, but I just think that that's something we're still trying to discover. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think I'll remember that. So this weekend we've not got many plans and set aside some time to just kind of be, and I'll remember that, like to just weave in, like, instead of be like, all right, it's Saturday, let's do the to do's, you know, weave in just the joyful play and the, and the enjoyment. I, I really, you know, I think if our time is truncated, you know, from 40 weeks or plus 40 plus, you know, we'll, it'll feel like it went by fast. And so I really have started to realize, like, I, I really want to kind of get back to just enjoying being pregnant, um, and not missing out on that. Cause a lot of people have said to me as they look at me being pregnant, Oh, I really miss being pregnant. Right. And let me just say one thing as we kind of wrap up here, I think, and this just kind of came up for me, but I think that like when you have that maybe initial mindset and goal as we're kind of talking about, and I feel like we're kind of coming around to in some ways is that doing those preparation things can actually be enjoyable, right? Because you're doing it in a mindset, a different mindset. You're doing it in a mindset of we're enjoying, we're like excited to do these things. Not, you know, we're, we're developing a different relationship with these to do's around pregnancy rather than feeling like it's removing us from the moment. It actually can, be in some ways helping center us so centering us in being pregnant with each other 
So I just want to offer that up. It's it's it can be more of an integration, not necessarily a a separation of future and this. It's like it's a bother, and it's also integrated in the way that you approach both things. So I love that. Yeah. Will you go get pizza with me? Right now. We'll talk about it. Okay. Well. Do I have to change because of this? I mean, like, I literally have... <laughs> You're covered. I'm, I'm covered in hot, hot sauce. sauce. No, I was I've actually going to say you look... The- no, I was going to say you look super cute today, and I've already been envisioning while you were talking us taking a picture Well, together. you did, you did, because I always get dressed first, uh, and usually take trouser on a walk in the morning, and then you uh, do your routine and get dressed, and I noticed that, you know, we are matchy-matchy today. I was wondering if you you saw my shirt, and maybe oh, that inspired you. For sure. A hundred percent. So we definitely need to go out and get pizza for lunch. Yay! All right. <laughs> oh, trouser got right up. She said, yes. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.